1: Welcome back to the One Extraordinary Marriage Show where we talk about sex, love, and commitment. I'm Tony DiLorenzo,
0: And I'm Elisa DiLorenzo,
1: And we hope that you guys are having a fantastic week. We have been having a great one ourselves. And first and foremost, we just wanna thank each and every one of you who continue to leave a rating or a review on iTunes. If you haven't done so, please jump on over there, leave a rating, leave a review, it is so much appreciated. Um, if you want to get in touch with either of us, you can call 858-876-5663, or you can email us at info at one Today is a special day because not, not only do we have one call-in, but we have two, and the cool thing about both of these calls, they're both we did it. And for those of you who are new listeners or haven't heard about the we did it, when we put on the seven days of sex challenge, one of our biggest things that we love hearing from folks is that they did it, we did it. We accomplished something that we set after in our marriage. And in this case, having sex for seven days straight. And for those of you who've completed the seven days of sex challenge, you know it's way more than just sex. Mm-hmm. It's not just, hey, babe, let's get in bed. Let's have sex each day. There's a lot that happens. Many of you have tried the seven days of sex challenge once or twice and weren't able to complete it. And then it was on the third time that you went, okay. We see what Tony and Lisa have been saying in their book or what we've said on the show here that it does take time. Sometimes you got to schedule these things out because it just doesn't happen.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, I was actually on a, I was on a mastermind call about an hour ago. And one of the quotes that I read to the group was that it you know, was about failure. And a lot of you, when you've done, you know, you've attempted the seven days of sex challenge and you know, you're like, Oh, we didn't make it. And I like, keep trying. Yeah. Don't give up on this as a tool in your marriage toolbox. Because the focus on intimacy is transformational for both of you. Because what happens when you're having sex seven days in a row is that you learn to focus on what's really important. Mm -hmm. You're not getting caught up in the daily gripes and complaints and things like that. So I want, you know, Tony's going to play these calls. And so you can just hear the excitement from both of these couples.
1: Yep. So here's the first one. Good afternoon,
0: Elisa and Tony. I just wanted to call if have enjoyed listening to the podcast.
1: Me and my wife both listened to them. Uh, we are now on day seven of the seven day challenge. Uh, hopefully we have that finished up by the end of the day. And I just wanted to make a comment because I got quite a chuckle on your last uh, podcast, the uh, noises of uh, being married. So the funny thing is my wife has no sense of smell or very little. So (laughs) the gas issue isn't so much of a problem except when she has gas. I just want to say, though, I appreciate the show. Me and her both uh, listen to it. I'm kind of jumping and doing both lower numbers and recent ones both. So she started number one and just working her way up. Uh, We love you guys and hope you all have a great day. Awesome. Thank you so much for for that call. There you go. Day Seven, they are about to complete day seven, and I gotta say, all those weird noises podcasts, it's funny because many of you have listened to it, and there are just folks I know around town who I see and they've listened to that podcast, and they go, "You know what? That was the oddest show, but at the same time, it's so true..
0: Good. I was like, where are you going with this? Because I haven't heard that comment. Uh, You know, it is one of those things. It's an area that nobody talks about. In fact, Tony was, you know, we were just laying down the other day and he's got his head on my stomach and he's like, oh my gosh, we forgot to completely talk about the stomach gurgles.
1: Well, yeah, we were having sex the other night. We were about to have sex. We were going to do some oral and no kidding, as I'm going down, there is just grumble after grumble (gasps) after grumble. And you talk about, you, you know, you're in the moment, you're getting excited And then it's just like these noises and it, how is it not hard to be a little self-conscious if it's happening to you and on the receiving end, on the other side of it, you're, you're sort of going, okay, there's grumbling going on.
0: Digest, digest,
1: (laughs) digest. So, Hey, that's marriage Mm -hmm. that happens in our marriage. And if it's happening in yours, you're normal. So you know what? Roll through. Um, Let's listen to this next one as well because we got another We Did It and I, I just love these. Me and my wife just wanted to say We Did It and we enjoy the podcast and uh, we will keep tuned in and keep enjoying watching or listening. Uh, you all have a great day and have a happy um, Sunday, hopefully, by the time you see that we listen to this. Have a great one. Thank you very much. There you go. Two guys even calling in.
0: I know. Stepping
1: up. Thank you, man.
0: Manning up. They've been listening to you a little bit.
1: Awesome. All right. So if you got a we did it, you have a, a comment. You'd like to call in 858-876-5663. And now let's get into our feature segment, mm-hmm. which is a little, it's going to be a little heavier, but at the same time, we just want to talk about the difference between a contract In our marriage, and a covenant that we make.
0: And you know, this really comes down to the fact that I, you know, I've talked to a number of women over the last week who have just been hit by the fact that so many of their friends are getting divorced. And you know, we were talking about how easy. I mean, it's trust me, it is not easy to get out of marriage, but how convenient it becomes to you know find a divorce attorney, start those proceedings, and you know, un. Begin to unravel your lives together. And you know, it really got me thinking what is our marriage based on? Is it based on the fact that I've got this contract that says, you know what, you're going to perform X, Y, and Z. And if you don't, here's my exit clause. Here's my demand for your performance, or I've got a way out. You know, it's all about me. What do I get out of this relationship? You know, I mean, whether you've signed a contract for the florist for your wedding day or you're in business and you deal with contracts all day long, you know that it's this relationship, illegal, binding relationship based on performance hmm. and, and expectations. And yet, when we're entering into a, a marriage, I really think that you've got to give thought to the fact that this is supposed to be a covenant. It is And I I found as I was doing research for this episode today, um, just this great definition and description of a covenant. It says, a covenant relationship is one in which certain terms are set, yes, but the parties make the cause of the other their own cause. A covenant is outwardly focused. It's focused on the other person.
1: That selfless love,
0: that selfless love, that servant lover, Mm -hmm. that those of you that have, you know, when I hear people that are starting from number one or they're hopping back and forth, I I know that you guys have heard us talk about the servant lover before, Mm -hmm. where it's not about my needs. It's about the other's needs. And so we really want to dig into this because I think so many of us go into marriage and we've got a contract mentality. It is all about performance.
1: Yeah, you need to do for me, so I will then do for you.
0: Right. My expectations are such that, you know, I will have a certain amount of money in the bank, or you will work certain hours, or, you know, I will drive a certain car, we'll live in a certain neighborhood, we're going to have a certain number of kids. Um, You know, we've known many marriages that have dissolved over the number of kids issue. Mm -hmm. You know, be it because of infertility or because somebody wanted another child and one didn't, and they couldn't come to an agreement on that again, expectations of performance. Whereas when you're dealing with a covenant and, you know, for those of you that you are familiar with the Bible, you'll know that there are many times throughout scripture that, you know, there's God's covenant with man and it's, you know, God putting forth what he's going to do for man. But there's also the expectation that man, you know, or they uh, understand that man has the ability to reject or accept that kind of, just like in our marriages, you know, when you get up there and you say, you know, what? I want to be your wife or your husband for the rest of my life. And I guarantee you that virtually all of you that had a ceremony out there until the end, you know, as long as life shall last or until death do us part, there was a very long expectation put forth in your vows. Hmm. Vows are not contracts. Vows are a covenant. Mm -hmm. You know, there is no binding a signature at the end of your vows. Those are the words that are spoken presumably from your heart or recited because you've had a discussion with the pastor, the priest, the rabbi, whomever about the words that you're going to use to profess your love and your commitment to one another. And that's, that's a different thing too with a, with a contract. That commitment—that's that, all based on on the expectations set forth in the contract, a covenant. When you say "as long as life shall last," and those were the words that were used in our wedding vows, mm-hmm. um, because our Methodist pastor didn't like to use the word death in his wedding ceremonies,
1: which I think was cool. Though now, I, now looking back, I think that was that was really cool of him to to say that.
0: Absolutely, I loved it, and you know we embraced that wholeheartedly.
1: Yeah. Um, now we do.
0: Yeah. Catholic couple getting married by a Methodist minister in a winery in Temecula. Go figure. Um, As we brought this all together. But, you know, when he said that and when we said that, we had no idea. The trials and storms that we were going to face in our marriage. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that none of you do. You don't go into marriage thinking that there are going to be rainy days or even torrential downpours that will you know, cause your feet to literally come out from underneath you and just sucker punch you. I've had all of that. Mm-hmm. Tony and I have been through crazy storms in our marriage. Now, if we had a contract, it's quite conceivable that you would not be listening to the One Extraordinary Marriage show because there were definitely times in our marriage that my expectations were not being met that I did not feel Tony was performing up to the expectations put forth in that contract. Like I wanted a husband that was going to do this. And at one point in time, I actually opened the yellow pages to look for a divorce attorney because I was not being, my needs were not being met. The fact is we have a covenant and it took us a long time to make that decision. We didn't, I wish I could say that we started our marriage with the understanding that it was a covenant. We started our marriage with the understanding that we had a contract.
1: Yeah. And for those of you who are single and engaged or looking to get engaged in the future, I I really want to stress to you that, you know, really think about this and think about this together and talk about this. Mm. One thing we have come across over the years in working with couples and talking to couples who are engaged is that they think once they get married everything just goes away and you know what it actually gets amplified Mm -hmm. because now you're living under the same roof and there's a lot that is just happening daily and so i really am going to stress to you those of you out there who are single or engaged or looking to get engaged that you really sit down and talk to your future spouse. Is this a covenant or is this a contract that we're going into? And really hash out what's happening. Mm -hmm. It may mean that you need some mentorship along the way before you even get married. And you know what, folks? It's okay. If anything, you should be doing your due diligence now. Because it is frightening to us to hear a couple go, I've been married a year and I don't think this is it. And when you start digging in and you start diving in and you start talking, you find out that everything they're talking about was prevalent before they even got married Mm -hmm. and should have been talked about then. So this is a great time to be looking at, is this a contract we're we're putting together or is this a covenant?
0: Well, and, um, there's a website out there called intentional by grace. And she'd actually written about contract and covenant. And the last line, she was listing some um, comparisons between the two. And the last line, it says a contract operates with the assumption that it can be broken. A covenant operates with the assumption that it is eternal. Hmm. And I love the power in her words of saying, yeah. you know, the assumption that it can be broken versus the assumption that it's an eternal And when Tony and I, at year four, when I had opened the yellow pages to look up for the divorce attorney, I assumed that my marriage could be broken. I assumed that at that point in time, we had weathered enough, and I had no idea what was coming in the years after that, but that it was time to break this relationship and save myself future hurts. You know, like I just, I wasn't happy I get over this. And yet, when I go back on the words of my vows, as long as life shall last. When I look at the example set by those around me who have been married years and years and years and years. And Tony and I are both fortunate that, um, our parents got married within two months of each other in 1972. Yeah. So yay moms and dads for having been married 41 years this year. Um, that was our example that marriages, that commitment is eternal. And so we had to make a decision Mm -hmm. at that point in time, and that's when our marriage started to shift from being a contract to being a covenant. Mm. And I will tell you that when you look at it as an eternal relationship, when you look at it as being unbreakable, it changes your actions. It gets you to the point where your mindset says, okay, you know what? I'm going to pick my battles because not everything I'm griping about is really all that bad. And I'm going to start doing things for this person that I've chosen to live the rest of my life with that are going to support the idea that this is an eternal relationship. I'm going to make choices in alignment with that. I'm not going to put myself in circumstances where I'm alone with the opposite sex. I'm not going to entertain, you know, conversations on Facebook or text messages or, you know, go to the strip clubs if that, you know, if that's your thing, whatever it is. I'm not going to make those decisions that are out of alignment with the fact that this is an eternal relationship because why on earth would you knowingly do something to hurt or disappoint someone? for whom you're going to have an eternal relationship. You, it, it's completely illogical that you would do. Now, that's not to say that I don't disappoint Tony. That's not to say that I don't make mistakes because both Tony and my kids will be the first persons to tell you that I do.
1: Oh, and vice versa. Absolutely. Same thing happens here. You guys have been listening. You've heard the ups and downs. It doesn't mean we, you know, leave because of that. It's, you know, we look at it and go, okay, it's time to take a breath. It's time to take a step back. Let's talk about this. Let's take a break from what we're doing. Maybe we need a weekend away. Maybe we just need to get the sitter and we just need to do a date night. Mm -hmm. You know, it's looking inward. If you are having struggles with pornography, man or woman, either of you, both of you, if you're having struggles, it's seeking out ways to clean yourself. And I will say, um, oh, the book, Breaking Chains, mm-hmm. that's it. Pick it up, pick it up. I mean, if it's just a first step, get it on your Kindle. If you're embarrassed to go talk to somebody, I understand okay. that, the shame, the guilt, the the just the dirtiness you may feel. I've been there, I understand okay. it, but by picking up this book, I'm okay. telling you, I had a buddy read the 20, the first 26 pages, no kidding. This guy had a pornography addiction, like mine, 26 pages he read, and he was like, Tony, I was done. I was done. I totally understood what Jesus did on that cross for me. He's like, and there's no way I was ever gonna start looking at that stuff again. And it changed him, and that dude is passionate when we start talking about pornography. I mean, he's just like, Tony, you got to read this. And I'm telling you, it may be the first step for you to break those chains. It may be alcohol. It may be prescription drugs. I don't know what it may be. But if you are taking a substance, if you're doing something that is impacting you personally, which is then impacting your life and your marriage, you got to break the
0: chains. Well, and, and that goes back to, you know, are, are you setting yourself up to get out of this contract?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Because when you knowingly engage in activities that are destructive to your relationship, you're viewing it as a contract. You are allowing yourself to engage in behaviors. You're not making the decision that this relationship is the most important relationship. Mm-hmm. You're allowing your anger or your addiction or your other friendships to take the place of your spouse. You're allowing them to fill that. And, and part of what that means is that your priorities are out of whack. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'm going to tell you, they're out of whack. You, first chapter of stripped down. From the top down. When you've got God, your spouse, your kids, your work, and then everything else, your marriage is wrapped around a covenant. Mm-hmm. When you start making work or your kids or your friends or your other activities, when all of those things start to move up to the top positions and you find your spouse either at the bottom of the list or for some of you, not even on the list, you're engaging in contractual behavior. It's all about you and how you feel and whether or not you're fulfilled and whether or not you're happy. Contractual behavior your expectations with an exit clause. If you want your marriage to survive, if you want to go the distance with the man or woman that you said, as long as life shall last, you need to change your mindset from a contract to a covenant. You need to take some very distinct steps to make that happen. The first thing that you do that you need to do, and we've said this before, is you need to take divorce out of your vocabulary. You need to take the exit clause out of that contract. Because here's the thing. As long as it's still there, it's still on the table, it's still an option. Mm -hmm. And if it's still an option, you won't put forth the energy to make the relationship work. And how do I know? Because this was us. This was us when we weren't trying on our marriage, when it was like, well, you know, maybe that's not such a bad thing to do. But when we took it out of our vocabulary, things shifted for us. So you got to take divorce out of your marriage vocabulary. And I do believe there is such a thing as a marriage vocabulary because there are just certain words, phrases that matter to your relationship. The second thing that you've got to do is you've got to surround yourself with like-minded people. You know, so often, um, and I'm just going to speak from a female perspective here, we have friends who um, are quick to bash. So if we start talking bad about our husbands in a group of women, um, there will inevitably be those friends who are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he would do that to you. And it's this huge drama thing where you just had a bad day with your husband. You know, you were tired or you were hungry and he just, you know, so was he and you said the wrong thing. First step to surrounding yourself, don't talk bad about your spouse to other people. You know, if, you're in a coaching, yeah. if you're in a coaching environment, that's, that's a safe place to talk about the issues that you're facing. But like I tell all the clients I coach with, this is not an opportunity for you to bash them. And the same thing goes for women when you're talking to your friends or guys when you're talking to your friends, you don't bash your spouse. Mm-hmm. And so when you stop that behavior, it doesn't allow others to bash them for you. And you start to seek out and choose those friends that support marriage that support the idea that marriage is a forever commitment. That you work through your problems instead of breaking up because of your problems. Because I will tell you in this day and age, there are many, many more people for whom taking the easy way out is their choice. And the easy way out is calling a divorce attorney, spending your you know 10 to $20,000 and going through all the grief and the anger so that you don't have to work through your problems, yeah,
1: so and here's the thing here's the, here's the big thing too. a lot of what you're facing isn't gonna end because you get a divorce or you go into another relationship. usually those those attitudes, what you are dealing with will go into another relationship, oh, sure. You know, you haven't done anything in you that's going to make change. So you still go into that relationship with, with all of that junk Mm -hmm. and it can happen again.
0: Well, I think just as a a side note, I have noticed a number um, of responses to the question when people sign up for the newsletter, Mm -hmm. those that are going back or, you know, they've been married, divorced, and now they're exploring new relationships or they're looking to get married again. A lot of those people realize that the problem in the first relationship was their communication. Oh, yeah. And so they're, you know, I love it when we see those types of emails because they're aware of it. And so they're starting to work on it now. So they don't take those same patterns of behavior into the next relationship. Because if you don't work on yourself, you're going to be like a broken record, just hitting the same bump. Time after time after time after time. And you're going to be focused on the contract and not the covenant. Right. You know, and the last thing that you have to do, guys, and, and actually it's probably the first thing that you need to do, is you need to bring God into your marriage. You want to have a covenant between you and your spouse? You need to bring God into your home, into your bedroom, into your relationship because just like when i said from the top down earlier god spouse kids everything else you got to have a solid foundation without a solid foundation you're just spinning out there mm. a- and again we speak from experience because even though we were married by that methodist you know two catholic kids get married by the methodist minister we did not have god at the center of our marriage for probably first Five, six. six years of our marriage?
1: Yeah. I mean, Five-ish. we came to Christ after our four years, but even then...
0: It probably know. took us six or seven years to really get what it meant mm-hmm. to have God as the foundation and the central point in our marriage. And I will tell you, when I look at the early years of my marriage, all of those times that it would have been very easy to walk away, and I look at, you know... I mean, we're coming up on 17 years. So it's kind of like the first half and the second half right now. When I look at the difference between those two, it's night and day, folks. Night and day. The first half, all about us individually. Oh, totally. And you, we were the epitome of selfish, you know, whether it was spending money on ourselves or um, doing what we wanted to do with very little regard for each other.
1: Hey, for me, you know, that was that whole era of, you know, porn addiction. It was all about my sexual satisfaction. Didn't matter what it meant in the marriage. It was all about me pleasing me. And if that was through magazines, videos, strip clubs or anything else, that was all about me satisfying myself mm-hmm. and not taking any of, any of, what Elisa felt through all that,
0: and that's how there's a total disregard. That's how we lived. Yeah. And on the flip side, I, you know, worked in companies that were predominantly male. I've shared this with you guys before, and so I thought nothing of having lunch with the guys every day and telling them what was going on with my marriage, and you know, there were no boundaries, no yeah. boundaries whatsoever. And now I look at the second half of our married life, where we've got our heads screwed on relatively straight. And I say relatively because every once in a while, I just pull a doozy out of nowhere. We both do. But I look at that. I look at the people that we've chosen to surround ourselves with. I look at the material that we read and watch on TV and have on our computers. I look at all of these choices that we've made. And each and every one of them points to the fact that I intend to spend the rest of my living moments with Tony. And I still, to this day, make decisions when I see, you know, old friends pop up on Facebook and, you know, I'm like, oh, and if I have any type of thought that, wow, I, you know, I was romantically, like I had a crush on that guy in eighth grade or whatever. I don't friend them. I don't friend them. I don't I don't spend the night at a friend's house if her husband's, you know, if she's not going to be there, you know, like if I'm on a business trip or things like that, it's like, no, I'll get a hotel room. You know, I don't, I don't do things that have any type of potential for messing up my marriage. First half wouldn't have even been a consideration. I wouldn't have even thought about it. If I wanted to do it, I would have done it. Mm -hmm. So when you make that mind shift, when you start putting God at the center of your marriage, when you take divorce out of your marriage vocabulary, and when you surround yourself with people who are supportive of marriage as a long term covenant, you are going to see change in your marriage. Mm -hmm. You are going to, you know, having that conversation. I remember when we did he zigs, she zags, and we had a couple, one of whom um, his parents had been divorced. But they had never had the conversation about whether or not divorce was an option, would ever be an option. And when we brought this particular segment up, it really caused them to stop and think, where are we in our relationship? And that's, you know, guys, that might be a state of the marriage conversation for the two of you, just to get crystal clear on whether or not you've taken that word out of your vocabulary. hmm and i will just say in closing one little caveat you guys know and if you don't i'm going to be real clear on this if you are in a relationship if you're in a marriage that has abuse of any type in it we are not telling you to stay in that marriage no matter what okay i i just i want to be crystal clear as much as we are proponents for marriage you getting hurt
1: it, emotionally or physically. Emotionally
0: or physically, sexually, whatever form, get out and get healthy. Right. I just, I, whenever we get really fired up about staying together, I feel like because we hear from you. And for those of you that aren't aware in the one community, we do have couples where abuse is happening. So if you can just pray for them, mm-hmm. um, pray for the strength that they need to face the challenges in their marriages. It's not an easy thing. Um, it, it's not easy to admit and we take their, um, their emails very seriously and know that it's, you know, being able to at least get those words out even in an email is a step of faith and it's a step of courage. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, this marriage thing, it's not for the weak at heart. It is a daily, especially, you know, when you make the decision that you're going to have a covenant, it is a daily exercise in strength.
1: Yeah, it really is. And because we believe so strongly in the covenant of marriage that, um, we want to be able to, to show to the world, Hey, you know what? We believe in marriage. We believe in one strong marriage and we are excited starting, this is going to be a day after, but starting yesterday June 17th, that was Monday, for two weeks, we got a limited edition t-shirt that we have put together and it says One Strong. And you can go check that thing out at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash One Strong. They're $20 each. You can buy whatever size you want. It's on a black t-shirt. Here's the thing though, we have to sell 100 of them to get these shipped out. This is a crowdfunding um, way, you know, we're not buying all the t-shirts and then shipping them out. This is crowdfunding, so you're gonna go to a website that we gotta get 100 of these sold. And the whole thing is, is we're supporting marriage. It's one strong, it's Mark 10:8, And the two shall become one. So buy one for yourself, buy one for your spouse. I mean, we've made these things look really cool because part of it for us, is that we want the conversation to start. Mm -hmm. We want the conversation to start. We want you to be able to wear these t-shirts. We want to be able to wear these t-shirts and go, what does that mean? Well, it's about marriage. It's about us being one. It's about us being strong together, building, growing, learning, and having the extraordinary marriage we desire. And knowing that it's a journey, and by us being able to go out there, wear these t-shirts, we don't know who we're going to impact. You don't know who you're going to impact. And you may be able to sit, tell somebody, you know what? You're in a good spot, but you just need a little tw- tuning, a little tweaking. Go check out Tony and Alisa. Go listen to them. Mm-hmm. You know, listen to this show. I heard this show, and that's exactly what you guys need to be listening to. So go to one extraordinary slash one strong. This is going to be available for two weeks, July 1st, 2013. They're gone. Don't know if we're going to do another run. We may do something else in the future. Right now, we have no clue. But if you want this limited edition t-shirt from us, go pick it up. $20. You pick up your size. It'll ship.
0: Can you tell he's really excited? I, I wait, am. I can't wait to get mine. Um, this is the first, the first time that we've done something like this for the one community. And we're so excited because we know we know how you guys feel about marriage and we know that this show this community strengthens marriages around the world so this shirt gives you the opportunity to say so yep and to just state that the two of you are one strong that's right what i mean what a declaration you know, and, and they are, they're cool. They've got, you know, you'll see it. They've got they're the cool. fun. Just go check Just go, go check, check it, out. it out. Yeah. Go check it out. If you
1: have any questions, you can leave us a comment on, um, on that post there. More importantly, if you have anything to share with us mm-hmm. on an upcoming show, you hit us up. 858-876-5663. You email us at info at one extraordinary marriage.com. We love you guys. We hope you have a fantastic week. And until next time. Love you.